0: Welcome back. Welcome, everyone, to the Fastest Known Podcast, talking with some of the fastest known people and some of the most interesting known people. And today we have gone back east. We've gone to upstate New York. We don't like to be Western U.S. centric. We like to go all around the world and particularly out to different states where there's many crushers, many interesting things happening. So today I am speaking with Bethany Gerritsen from Keene, New York, in the heart of the Adirondacks. Welcome, Bethany.
1: Thanks, Buzz. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here.
0: Well, you've got a nice story. I mean, we were chatting, as we tend to do, just to get warmed up, but you didn't need any warming up. You were ready to rock. You have a fun story here, and it's not about, like, being the fastest runner, climbing the highest mountain or anything like that. You told me that you and your partner... I should say your recreation partner, Katie Rhodes, who unfortunately had a technical issue. She was signed up to be on this podcast with us, but she had a technical difficulty. She couldn't make it. You two hooked up about a year ago, and you've just been rocking it ever since. It's this really fun success story. So fill us in a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it is too bad that Katie can't be with us today and she is the one that sorts out any tech issue if we have it in the field so it's almost ironic that her computer just wasn't working for this but she's with me in spirit she always is so Katie and I came together last year it's almost our 1 year anniversary for the 46 unsupported through hike and we became the first women to do that and We just, we teamed up. She had reached out to me that summer because she did find me on the fastest known time website for um, a few others I had done. And she just knew my name a little bit. And she actually reached out to me on Facebook. And I had been looking for a partner to do the through hike with. And I just, it was a good fit from the very beginning, and she and I have become best friends. And we've also gotten 23 FKTs since the through hike. You know, we've combined for 23. And I would say this year has just been an amazing year in learning what we can do and also. Starting to understand FKTs more and even just like the procedure for them and you know, the protocol and and all of that. It's been a great learning experience. And oh, it's been fun. And well, I, yeah. I really
0: like this. this yeah. just, sorry, I'm just kind of laughing along with you. This is so much fun. You're coming up on what you termed your one year anniversary, which was September seventeenth. of last year we're recording this on september 8th so actually people are going to be hearing this on your anniversary
1: this is very fun
0: and what you're referring to of course back there it's the 46ers through like everyone it's like the boston marathon of the adirondacks Mm -hmm. you know everyone knows what this is but for others who may not know this means the 46 highest summits in the adirondack mountain range of upstate new york and it can be done different ways. And so there's the uh, supported style. We've had Alyssa Godesky on recently on podcast for doing it supported. And you and Katie did it not only unsupported, I mean, you did it, I'm sorry, you did it through hiker style, unsupported, which means instead of just getting driven to the different trailheads, you just hiked the whole thing start to finish without getting in a vehicle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's our, I would say, definition or standard for the thru-hike up here is like, it's unsupported though. I think there's been some variation to supported thru-hike too. And um, But what we really wanted to do, I had been inspired since 2009 when Jan Welford and Corey did it. And they were the first, Team to do it in unsupported fashion with no food drops, um, no aid whatsoever, and that was the standard I wanted to replicate someday and do.
0: Nice, nice. Well, that <laughs> so. Well, you have you and Katie have just been off to the races since then. Twenty three FKTs. Bam, bam, bam. I like what you said about getting to understand the style and <laughs> figure it out. But just to stay with the forty ers for a second, yep. it's really different to do it through hike style because you're just kind of mushing through the underbrush. I mean, so you, you could road walk to the trailheads and up the trail to the summits, or you can say, well, heck with this, I'm just going to head for the summit. But then if you're in the Adirondacks, you're going through some serious bush. So, what What's the tactics here?
1: Oh, so a lot actually. And, and this is where Katie and I just teamed up really well because I had been thinking about this for a few years. She and I had been like looking at the route. I actually tried it in 2016 and got more than halfway, but ended up dropping out because of really high temperatures. So... The route is key and understanding if a bushwhack is going to save you time or it's just going to drain you mentally and physically. So, and in the Adirondacks, our bushwhacks are horrible. They are, (laughs) they, they like retch your heart. I don't like bushwhacking and um, Katie's a good fit for me because she actually really likes bushwhacks. So as soon as I knew that about her, I was like, well, uh, let's, let's go do this thing. And so she led the biggest bushwhack that we had from <laughs> big slides of Porter. <laughs> and I love her for that.
0: <laughs> and so, uh, again, sorry, I just have to fill this in. So when you get through that, are your shins all scratched up and your arms all scratched up?
1: Yeah, yeah. it's So the way I – it's like a car, wa- a car wash. And when I describe it to my students, so I'm a professor at Paul Smith's college and I also teach a class for Clarkson University all about Adirondack history and really hiking in the high peaks. And the way I describe bushwhacking is you get whacked with bushes. You get poked, <laughs> you get tripped, like you fall. I was on a recent bushwhack and since you're off trail in new territory, like someone I was with, they pushed on a tree and the tree fell because it was a dead tree. And It's just, you are, you're bloodied. I wear glasses when I bushwhack. Um, I put my hair a different way when I bushwhack because you're just getting pulled in all directions. And the Northwoods forest is so thick. And once you get higher up into the conifers, you're really sometimes like walking through on the tree branches. It's so thick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So are you uh, 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 I I guess people aren't going to jump right in and say or maybe some are say, hey, let's go do that. That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's funny because I think I love the Adirondacks so much because they were the first mountains I hiked and I didn't know any better. <laughs> so they just became my backyard as a college student. I actually went to Paul Smith's College and ended up staying here, became a wilderness therapy instructor. And so I was taking, you know, teenagers out on these long bushwhacks and it was, I mean, people would cry, you know, it was, it wasn't fun, but I do think there's a lot there of just like, I, like I said, these were the first mountains I ever hiked and they are some of the hardest because I've gone on to hike out West. I love out West. It's so nice. Um, you guys have switchbacks. You have, um, you know, like, switchbacks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we, a lot of our trails just go up like riverbeds and, um, so yes. I, yeah, yes. but I have and a deep love for the Adirondacks.
0: Yeah, Apparently so. Yeah. Also out west, once you get above timberline, bushwhacking becomes immaterial. There's yeah. no bushes. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly. It can be <laughs> yeah. kumholz. Kumholz yeah. is a German word for stunted tree. But generally speaking, the terrain is much more open in the air yeah. west. Sierras, high yeah. Sierras are, are similar in that respect. Yes. Uh, but Very the Adirondacks... Beautiful. There's not much above Timberline. Is anything above Timberline?
1: There's a few. It's, I, I would be interested to see what the mileage was. Um, But a few of our higher peaks, you know, break the tree line. Marcy has some nice um, about 0.6 above tree line. Algonquin has about about like 0.4 on both sides. And so there's definitely a few.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, Sorry, this is um, such an interesting conversation. So you do wilderness therapy. Now, that means you, people are supposed to recover some sense of health and well-being by being in nature, I believe. Does that mean you're going to take them out for an Adirondack bushwhack? Wouldn't that be (laughs) counterproductive? So fill me in here. I mean, I'm trying to decide if I want to sign up my grandkids for this or not.
1: Definitely. So that's a good starting definition for it. And it's really healing in the outdoors. And I worked with teenagers specifically, and they were struggling with addiction, depression suicide ideation, anxiety, eating disorders. And so they needed an intervention. Um, and some some students came to us as an alternative to the Juvie system. And it was a two to three month program. So it was an immersion program. As an instructor, as instructors, we rotated in and out, like one week we worked, one week we had off. So the students were in the field the whole time and they were meeting with a therapist twice a week. And then, as field instructors, it was our job to hike, set up camp, and to also provide experiences that were going to test them. You know, physically, if you're tested physically, it pushes you mentally. And a lot of the students we had to break down barriers with them. So bushwhacks were actually a tool that we use because they do break you. Um, And that's where a lot of students had good breakthroughs. And I should say this, like, it's not in a negative way at all. It's not like we're trying to make our students cry. And we actually, we want to have them be able to get to a point where they're expressing themselves emotionally. And, you know, as instructors, we're keeping them safe because, you know, we have training in this and we're not going to, you know, put them in unsafe situations. But I saw a lot of, you know, beautiful breakthroughs in the middle of the woods on bushwhacks because you do really feel lost and you feel alone and you need to, like, reach out for someone.
0: That's very, very interesting, Bethany. Hmm. Because as it happens, my wife is a uh, long-term child psychiatrist. Mm. And so she works in a similar fashion all the time. And she comes home from work and comments on, you know, how things have changed so much this past as five, 10 years in her long-term practice. And like you say, suicide is one of the highest um death rates among teenagers Mm -hmm. i mean you say oh terrorism terrorism doesn't really matter i mean more people are killed by pet dogs and are killed by terrorists but suicide is for real in -hmm. fact more members of our armed service kill themselves than are killed by a so-called enemy by far close
1: yeah 22 a day 22 a day yeah um look up mission 22 and, um, and I'm glad we're talking about it because this is what Katie and I talk about on trail. It's mental health and it's, you know, a lot of it comes from my background in wilderness therapy. But when we did the through hike, we did it for 46 climbs, which is a mission to raise suicide awareness. And Katie very sadly lost a brother to suicide. And so I think that's why we formed a pretty strong bond on our through hike as well, because it was in remembrance of him. Of Tim.
0: Wow. Well, be sure to send me the URLs for um, 22. What's yep. it? Mission 22. Mission
1: 22. And that's and, for veterans awareness with it, suicide because we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide. That's
0: insane. That's just ludicrous. Yep. And I think our pri- my personal opinion would be that our priorities are really messed up. We mm-hmm. don't really need another B-1 bomber. We need mental health. We need a society that takes care of people is I think, as you know, being a clinician is, you can only go so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really society as a whole has to be a healthier, more inviting place. And what I'm hearing is we're seeing a little less of the people who just have difficult biological conditions and more of a family and society situation. And so like your wilderness therapy can really help. Give them something to mm-hmm. believe in. Give them something that is real. What I'm hearing, I'm speaking very non-professionally. Major mm-hmm. disclaimer here. But rather than needing a you know, adjustment in you know hormone and enzymatic levels in the bloodstream, you just need a sense of purpose and meaning in your mm-hmm. life.
1: Oh, yes. And so, and- so th-
0: you are helping them do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we're at the uh, hospital, which as like 250 beds where my wife works, they're seeing, you know, Mm. 30 people coming, 30 children coming in a day sometimes. And it's things that you are working with, Mm -hmm. providing meaning, providing context. So they have something to believe in Mm -hmm. because sometimes we read the headlines in the newspaper. We're kind of going, Oh my gosh, this is a Mm -hmm. little, this is a little crazy. And so if you're 12 years old, you're 14, they're really thinking that, aren't they?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's every generation, you know, we really have to do a better job as a society to talk about mental health as physical health. You know, we still have stigmas around it today where we can talk about cancer and we can call those people brave who battle cancer. However, we still have this stigma a lot of times around if someone's dealing with depression or suicide ideation that they have to hide that from the world, and that they're not brave, that they actually, they feel shame. And we have to change that. And I think the mountains are such a good tool for that, because it gives you purpose, it gives you community, and it is free, almost free therapy after (laughs) you purchase your gear, and you have your car, sorry, your car ride, and, you know, some of the things that go with it. And that's why in the Adirondacks, and I know this is going on in some other places too, I get upset when I hear that we want to put limitations on the number of hikers that can come to the mountains. And I know there's a lot of layers to it for sure. Um, But I just, I don't want to decrease access for people. I think it's really important for um, people of all ability and all backgrounds to be able to access wild spaces.
0: Wow. I have to, you, you stimulated me to offer still another personal opinion, which is I agree 100%. Public access to public lands is key. That's, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason they exist. Obviously, we're protecting them from development, a very fine purpose but we, for our mental, physical, and emotional health, we need to be able to visit them.
1: Yes, and, and I say that too. I'm not a mental health professional. I have worked as a wilderness therapy instructor. All my time, though, working in and around this field, I see how hard it is for people to get help, and that's another thing that has to change with society. You know, like, yes, we have hotlines, and but it's even harder to like really get someone help, you know, if they're in crisis and especially in places like the North country, we just, we have lack of medical facilities as it is. And I see that even on our campus at Paul Smith's, we're very remote. We're very rural. And that's not just in the Adirondacks, that's across the United States in rural areas and also urban. So, and then when you throw in insurance, and you know here's my soapbox because you know i just i study it i see it i teach it we have to have a better system and and that's why i say it's so important to keep public lands public because that is free therapy it's very very crucial it's very very important and it has saved people and Katie and I meet a lot of hikers and they recognize us and they tell us their stories around 46 climbs or, you know, like they had their own personal low moments or they lost someone to suicide. And now they're hiking the 46 to either honor that person or to heal. And and I just see it, you know, all the time. It becomes this personal quest, this personal journey of healing.
0: Wow. Wow. Bethany, well said. This is terrific. Uh, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> this is—I now I'm just. This is so stimulating, so interesting, and so important. And look how topical this is. You know, the Olympics just ended four weeks yes. ago, where yep. we saw this sea change. Did we not? Yeah. And we saw before that Naomi Osaka the.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
0: probably the best female tennis player in the world, or at least one of the top three who bowed out of the French Open because she didn't want to do the press conference. Um, Actually, she didn't want to do it, so they came down on her. She said, okay, I'm out of here. And instead of being criticized, I think mostly, she was very supportive in that. And then, of course, we went into the Olympics, and possibly the most featured U.S. Olympian, was the greatest gymnast of all time Simone Biles and then she said wow I I don't got it today I'm not not feeling it today and of course people are going what I mean that's what that's they're, they're just amazed but then you think about it and if you're not feeling perfectly 100% you really want to be 15 feet out of the air, upside down, spinning around three times, your head facing downward. I don't want to be doing that. And so I can see why if she's at 98%, she said, I'm going to take a pass. And yes. I think she got support. I think there's some haters in there, but I think there was a change. I think there's yes. a change.
1: Yes. And I see that too. And I'm so proud of those athletes for doing what they did. And I'm proud of the athletes and people that support their decisions, because this is the cultural shift that we need to have happen. It needs to be accepted. And we are human and our brain is biology. And you know what, like there's been days where mentally I'm not on it and I'm not going to go do a route that. Requires me to be really present. And, you know, I've done some higher mountain stuff and, you know, I've backed off an expo, um, you know, like a higher mountain around like 20,000 feet, but it's a technical route and I'm not going to do it. I already know mentally I'm not there because of things going on in my life. So we cannot judge people for that. We all go through it. And the more we accept it, I think the healthier society we will have. And I really see young people being the leaders in this. I see it on Instagram. I see it with our athletes. um, And I'm really proud of that.
0: Nice. Nice. Wow. It, things are changing. Things are shifting. What you said a few minutes ago is so, that's it, the one liner to take away, which is to realize that so-called mental illness is just like a physical illness. Yeah. If someone gets cancer, no one's going to get on their case. I mean, no one's going to say, hey, pull it together, buddy, step yeah. it up. But if someone has a mental illness, they might say, oh, attitude adjustment. Come on. Yeah. Pull it together. Mm-hmm. When the, an illness, a disease is a disease.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's sad that history has created those stereotypes and those bias and the treatment of mentally ill is, was absolutely horrid in this country and still is in other parts of the world. And it's really, yeah, it's, it's very sad. Very, very sad.
0: Wow. Wow. Bethany, this is dramatic, but, uh I wasn't even I didn't even know we were going to talk about this. So thank you very much for filling filling us all in here. But we, we better go back to your one year anniversary, which literally is when this comes this episode comes out. Yeah. Because then you and Katie, like we said, were off to the races. That was on mm-hmm. September 17th, then October 9th, Lake Placid, uh october 17th november 22nd uh, january tw- 12th i mean you just threw down you're just uh, going after it and so help us understand this fkts and i already asked you this you're, you're not a big racer
1: no FK- so
0: I- fkts became your jam
1: Yeah, they did. So I think this is a good transition because when Katie and I came together, it was for the through hike and 46 climbs. And because I had been a wilderness therapy instructor, I lived off the grid a lot. And this actually plays into why I've just started to do FKTs because I really didn't realize how big it was until two years ago. (laughs) And I actually got like my own cell phone two years ago and I got on Strava last year. And I, before that, I would just go out and I would hike and I just love being out in the mountains. And so after the thru-hike and after I got on Strava, I just started to see even like what my pace was. And then I just started doing some math with you know, FKTs that were already out there and I started exploring the website more and I was like, oh my God, there's like so many in my backyard. So I want to, uh, right now I have 19 and I really want to try to get 50 by 2023 and just keep going. I want to get them in the Adirondacks. I want to get them out West. I want to get them in other countries. They are fun. And for me, the technology part has been the most challenging. And even, you know, like last year I got a GPS watch because I knew Katie and I had a good chance of getting the through hike and I wanted to make sure it was recorded as well as we could. And, um, and again, that's why it's funny that you're talking to me and not Katie, because she is the one that gets the technology
0: (laughs) going (laughs) for
1: us. And um, so I feel I it's funny. Cause like I was doing this stuff. I was just doing it off the grid and I, yeah, I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't on Instagram. These are all recent things. So I'm just kind of enjoying the party now that I got
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Got on Strava two years ago, you got your GPS watch, but you also said that you were you know, living off the grid. So you really yeah. were a North Woods person.
1: Yes, I am. Um, some of my friends who meet me for the first time, they laugh at that. They're like, how did you just get a phone two years ago? Or <laughs> how do you not know what this is? And so, um, yeah, it's, I grew up in a rural area. I went to college in a rural area and then i stayed in the woods for a while
0: <laughs> so you're you're good at chopping wood
1: i am yeah and starting a fire with a bow drill and i can survive just with a knife so i'm pretty hardy <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay this is uh, I'm, I'm still pondering this this is this is very cool you've joined the party so of course now that you've been on the fastest known podcast you know the offers are going to come rolling in <laughs> what is it the tonight show is next oprah will be calling yeah I, I, i'm kidding i think uh, maybe, maybe not who knows maybe not yep. <laughs> and uh still though don't like the bushwhacking so it's interesting
1: Mm-mm. no I I need moral support on the bushwhacks so <laughs> that's why I I surround myself with great people and yeah i I will say I like them more than I did a year ago like um, I have grown to like them more
0: well you're probably good on snowshoes or skis then
1: mm-hmm yeah I So snowshoes, I really, I started using them more. Well, when I first started using them, it was wilderness therapy. And we would just, you know, have to wear them in the Adirondacks. And we had like really big packs and, you know, like 50, 60 pounds pulling sleds. And I think that's just where some of my endurance started to build. And also like my mental capacity, because even after the through hike and, um, you know, that wasn't, it didn't feel too different than what I did in wilderness therapy other than like the mileage was way longer, but it's just kind of one foot in front of the other. You have to start the day and finish the day and keep yourself fed and hydrated. And, um, yeah.
0: Simple stuff.
1: Yeah. you break it down. So a lot of things, a lot of things translate for sure.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think what you, maybe Katie also had was a comfortability of being outside. Oh, I think definitely. if someone, you know, people come from this, from different sides, you can get a, a road runner, someone who's really fast, mm-hmm. and they're learning something else. They might be feeling a little intimidated by dark or yeah. navigation and things like that. And you came out at it from another direction. I mean, to be alone in the woods just felt happy.
1: Yeah. And it and does.
0: Yeah, um, I, I get I,
1: stronger as the time goes on in the woods. Like if the longer it goes, the stronger I will get. Cause I get so much strength from just being outside.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm still. Everything you're saying is making me think. Making That's me,
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm a teacher and I'm in my classroom right now, and I'm right. I'm, in, I'm in teaching mode. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you are. I I appreciate that. That learning is good and thinking is good. Uh, yeah. A little bit of silence to ponder what someone else is saying is really good, and so I'm I'm literally processing what you are saying right now, it brings back uh, something that Peter Backwin said, uh, obviously one of the co-founders, the fastest known time, and still the only person to do the double hard rock, mm, you do uh, the hard rock 100, the whole thing. Um, and then when the actual race starts, you do the, do it again, usually going in the opposite direction. And I can't remember his exact quote, but it's something like one has to make peace with the rocks, the trees, and the mountains. Mm-hmm. And which sounds okay, whatever, but that really has a lot of meaning. So if you're out there fighting for it, you know, like like the t- they say on TV, conquering the mountain, it's a lot of work. You're expending a lot of energy and you're getting a little angst. And if you get a little aggressive, that takes a little more energy. Well, if you feel at home, if you feel comfortable, if you feel that nature is your friend, I think that can improve performance if you don't mind me putting it in those terms.
1: Oh, definitely. And it really does. Um, And that's why I still, I'm still finding my racing identity because for so long I went out there and I, I wasn't racing. I was just, you know, being out there and then, I would say my first round of FKTs was me just kind of doing the same thing of like, okay, I know my pace is this and I can just go out and I can do this. And now it's different. You know, it's like I have to be in that competitive space and it's not always there because sometimes I just need to go and just be with the mountains. And um, so now I'm finding this like new New place with it because now I feel it combining a little bit and it's really cool because I am a competitor. I played soccer and basketball in high school, in college, and that's even how I started hiking high peaks. I was looking for a physical outlet after college.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you're um, focusing on FKTs. I like this. This is you want to get to a total of fifty by the end of next year.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then yeah, see where it goes from there. And what Katie and I also try to do with our FKT's is raise awareness and I think that's why, you know, you and I talk so much about mental health and that's a big pillar of what we advocate for also with being like uh, advocating for women empowerment and I'm a brand ambassador for She Jumps and that's been awesome work to get more women and girls outside and that's it. You know, sometimes it's not a competition. It's like going out and just having people see you out there and I want more women to see that because as endurance athletes and just athletes in general, women are so strong and we don't always have to have the second place finish to men. And I I just think we're badass and way stronger than lots of times I hear Women give themselves credit for.
0: Right. That's indeed. Well, we're going to put both those websites on a written show note She Jumps and Mission 22. Thank you. Thank you for those bringing that to our attention and, you know, strong agreement on the how strong are women. Part of that, might you know, somewhat humble personal opinion is how women present themselves. It's very interesting because there's no question. No one would doubt the strength, the endurance, the determination, etc. that there's an attitude about being flamboyant or talking about themselves. You see what I mean? And yeah, so I do. Very, it becomes very interesting because in a way you don't want to talk about yourself. I mean, it's kind of that sort of a little odd thing, too. So one ends up in this interesting in-between place where particularly for a a mountain athlete to go spray, you know, look at me, me, me is kind of, "Eh," that's a little cheesy. But on the other hand, if you want to be sponsored, if you want to get support, it's kind of part of your job. So it's an interesting, interesting balancing act, particularly for a female, I think.
1: Yeah, culturally, it's very interesting. And I was very fortunate to grow up in a a family of strong women. Like my mom was a four sport athlete during Title IX, and she was my coach in high school. And so like, I never questioned my voice. I I just haven't. It's like, I know I'm good and I'm going to say it because you know what? (laughs) The guy next to me is saying it. And so I'm going to go try to beat him. And I, I just, I want more women to do that too, because like, I see it also in groups that are underrepresented. And until we get more people in the room that look like us or like whether it's gender or race or sexual identity, we really aren't as bold. And we need to get more voices out there.
0: Wow, I'm I'm uh, I'm signing up for your class next semester.
1: Sweet,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. If, you, if there's any online classes, uh, I'm signing yeah. up. <laughs> well said, Bethany. I uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are and for having such a strong voice, so the rest of us can hear it and hopefully, so everyone, especially young women can hear your voice. This is, this is wonderful.
1: Thanks, Buzz. I appreciate it. And I appreciate, you know, having the opportunity to come on and talk about a few things, because that's what I, you know, kind of tell my students and try to give them some advice when they have to do a presentation or a speech. It's like, hey, if you had 30 minutes, what would you tell the world? Or what do you want to leave as your mark? Um, you know, we, we're only here for a short time, so I think we should make the most of it.
0: I agree. Thank you again, Bethany. And I think we're going to be talking with you again sometime.
1: Hopefully, hopefully. I think so too. I got some, some stuff definitely planned out, so we'll see how it goes. (laughs) You don't get them all, but I'll see what I can do.
0: Excellent. Thank you.